Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, everybody. It's Dave here. Darren over there in the dark. Darren's been having some camera issues. We we're hoping to work through it, but it did not happen. So Darren's going to sit in the dark the whole show. He is here. Is he not? Right, Darren? I am here. I can vouch for that. Okay, good. Well, that means we get to start the show. Today, we are looking at your Minnesota Vikings going to the Chicago Bears to play in Soldier Field. Of course, we got three themes. As usual, the first one is offensive line worries. We've had a couple of major, major uh, injuries on the offensive line with Austin Schlotman busting his fibula right above his ankle, and then Brian O'Neill with that partially torn Achilles. Thank God it isn't a full. Fully torn one. After that, we're going to look at should we start them or should we sit them? There's been some interesting messaging coming out of the training center this week as to whether we will see the starters or not. I fully expect to see the starters at least for a little while. Then we get into that Vikings versus Bears game. And what we are playing for, what they are playing for, or not playing for in this case, and who's got a better shot at it right after this. Climb in the pocket, Dave Norseman and Lake Monster Brewing presents Two Old Bloggers. Starting now. Hey, Darren, it's Dave here. Darren over there. Everybody's <laughs> watching. Darren obviously lives above the Arctic Circle, and he's in 24 hours of darkness. How are things up there, Darren? Oh, uh, <clears throat> not bad, Dave. Uh, and actually, this is probably, for the viewers, this is actually uh, probably a, a good thing. They don't have to look at my ugly face. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody loves the lovely facial cues, especially today when we're talking about some things and a little bit of the pessimistic sides of us come out. But Well, to me, anyway. Love you. <laughs> I, I'm close to it anyway, as well. All right. Time to get this started. The show today is O-Line Change, O-Line Worries. Week 18, Vikings at the Bears. We're going to start off with, as normal, our theme one. You wanted to talk about the big boys on the offensive line. I did, David. Uh, always a favorite topic of yours, but uh, um, in this case, we don't really have a lot of good news to, to talk about this week when it comes to the offensive line. And, and it was going so great, David, wasn't it? I mean, the Vikings all year, so healthy, hardly any injuries. That change, that's been changing a bit recently, particularly on the offensive line. Harrison uh, <laughs> his concussions. Yeah. You know, you got Bradbury in his back. He's missing, going to miss now five straight games. And then last week, we lost Brian O'Neill for the season. Initially, mm-hmm. it was called a calf. We learned, as you mentioned, partially a torn Achilles. And then Austin Slotman lost in the same game. 
uh, you know, right around pretty much the same point in the game. Um, so not, and Schlappen was the backup to, to Bradbury. Now, uh, Kevin O'Connell's uh, sounding optimistic. At least that's been how I've been interpreting it, that Garrett Bradbury should, he's been optimistic that he could make it back for the first playoff game. That would be great news. But um, fact is that right now we're looking at, we're, we're looking at facing, at least for this game in particular, not that it means a ton, but the Bears game, we're going to have two backups in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the Vikings offensive line, at least in my view, hasn't been all that good this year anyway. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been hit a ton. Uh, is that partly because the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the Vikings are throwing a lot more and they're throwing uh, often uh, more longer developing routes, uh, trying to get, you know, bigger rewards on those pass games? I don't know, but he's been sacked 46 times so far this season. That's a career eye for him. Uh, and so, uh, th- these two having two backups playing potentially two backups playing, we know one backup is going to be playing in the playoffs. It could be two if Bradbury can't make it back and you and I know back issues are always tricky, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, you could have two backups in the playoffs against as, as the competition keeps getting better. Not great news to me, Dave. Uh, and uh, possibly that's for Bradbury, that center who's going to replace him could be Chris Reed. Uh, we know that Chris, Chris Reed uh, was pretty shaky against Green Bay uh, last week. Now, maybe with a couple of weeks of snaps under his belt, a couple of weeks of practices, he gets better. Maybe not. Uh, there's well, been some talk. Kirk Cousin said he was. Right on during the week, during practice. Well, he would say that. He's not going to say that he's been terrible again, but uh, I'll, I'll take Kirk's, <laughs> Kirk's, Kirk's words for it on that one. But, uh, uh, but, uh, and we got Reed. The Vikings also signed Greg Mance, and there's been talk, uh, speculation that he might even start even this this week in that game. Uh, Kevin O'Connell hasn't said anything about that as far as I'm aware, but, uh, I do believe. Know, uh, I do believe they've named Chris Reed the starter. Now, yeah. how long he lasts in there uh, is unknown because how long a lot of starters last is unknown, and they it's might want to see what Greg Mance can do um, on Sunday. So, well, I'm sure I'm sure they it, will. Uh, it's going to take them a while to learn the play calls and all that stuff. So, and. Greg uh, Mance is on his uh, now. Now that him coming in as our starting center would be a bit scary. I know he has thirty plus starts in the NFL, which is a good thing. But he's also on his third team this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, his and, last uh, one was the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, and on the practice squad for most of those. So uh, you know he's a he's a guy that uh, you're not going to find an All Pro at this time of the year. Um, he is what he is. But the thought of uh, we know O'Neill's done. Uh, so right now it's either you got Ali Udo or potentially Blake Brandle if he gets back for the playoffs. And Brandle said this week that he feels that he will be back. So you've either got Ali Udo or Blake Brandle as your starting right tackle. Or, and possibly you might have Greg Mance or Chris Reed as your starting center in the playoffs. Uh, if that doesn't worry you uh, <laughs> as a Vikings fan, uh, I, I don't know. You, you must be a very calm person because I've heard some people say that Blake Brandle played, they thought he played pretty well when he was in for mm-hmm. Darisaw in those four games. Uh, I didn't think he was all that great. He was credited with giving up six sacks in just under four games of play. Uh, I thought he got a lot of help and pass protection from Ezra Cleveland, uh, who was, was the left guard at times, along with different chipping and running back chips and tight end chips that they were giving it. So I didn't think he played all that great. He wasn't a, a, a tire fire, but uh, by no stretch, am I really, <laughs> really enthused. And uh, I, I wonder again, if Bradbury gets back, that's a lot better because at least you've got only one guy then that you're trying uh-huh. to hide instead of if you've got two guys you're trying to hide on the offensive line out of five i think that's a big problem uh i would worry about how that's going to impact kevin o'connell and west phillips how they that they play call a game do we have mm-hmm. to get the we're going to have to get the ball out quicker if we got a couple of backups playing against real good defenses like san francisco um dallas uh, Philly, even the New York Giants don't have a bad defense. I, you know, I'd, it, does that mean you've got to uh, add more guys in pass protection? 
for that. Does that mean that you've got to, uh, again, you've got to eliminate some of those longer developing routes, those deep throws, because you don't have confidence that the offensive line can hold up long enough? Uh, I think it could, that having a couple of backups on the offensive line, I worry that really impacts the Vikings offensive play calling and their offensive efficiency and their performance. Uh, and in the running game, we've had a tough time, even with the five starters opening up uh, holes for Dalvin cook or an Alexander Madison. <laughs> yes, I am Aaron. Uh, uh, although Dave did give away where I'm, uh, where I'm uh, living. So maybe that's uh, above the Arctic people- circle and it's dark. out. <laughs> <laughs> people can find me uh and uh, so if you if uh, i don't think that having two potentially two backups is going to help uh, the uh, the run game and the offensive lines run blocking uh very well again uh, if you can't run the ball even if you're running the ball even less effectively than you already are uh, against better competition and better defenses in the playoffs how are you going to move the ball when you're every team's knows you're going to have to pass a lot and you're in third and second and long and third and long a lot so uh, a lot of uh worries there along the offensive line for me uh, and offensive line coach 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 chris cooper uh he's got here's where his coaching is really going to co- come in he's going to have to coach up and he's going to have to he's going to earn his money over here for however long the viking seasons last with one backup and potentially two backups playing uh, a significant amount of snaps here in the vikings playoff drive mm-hmm. now Udo. Holy Udo. Tyler Fornis, that's on you. Tyler named his dog Odie and it's stuck in my head. <laughs> Holy Udo um, this is obviously going to play right tackle. He's had tackle snaps before and not done so well. However, last week coming in, he did very respectably. Yes. Question is, has he improved over that time? We know at right guard, uh, even though Warren, I don't see Warren in the chat, he didn't give up that many sacks. He did give up a ton of pressures and a lot of holding calls, etc. Now, whether the move back over to tackle, which he's more a natural tackle, as you can see in the, the very beginning, the, the opening picture I used, that, uh, oops, not the one I wanted. Um, let's see, where is it? I'm going to kill that. Right here. He is at right tackle here with Kirk Cousins behind him. He's a big man. He can move and he can punch, and there's a lot of good things about Ole's game. Has that improved? Because we haven't seen that much. All we saw was a little bit last week. Is there improvement over time, and can he step in and be serviceable? That's a good question. When we talk about Blake Brandell, when he had to step in on the left side, and both of them had trained both sides, but primarily Brando on the left, Udo on the right, he stepped in and he was serviceable. Now, the coach wants him back. Whether I think whether he's going to go in on the right side or not all depends on how Ole plays. If Ole kicks butt tomorrow, they may rethink and say, well, we're going to keep Ole there, and you'll be Darisaw's backup. We'll find out. Here, Aaron talks about dual tight ends. That's another thing. Irv Smith Jr. was activated. He's going to be on the roster. So they want to get him involved, probably starting tomorrow, get back more in shape, and then be ready for the playoffs. That adds that second blocking style uh, possible tight end that's also a threat. Johnny Munt's out there. He's your blocking tight end. And then occasionally when Johnny Munt catches a pass, it fires up the team and they tend to win. But they don't use it much other than blocking. You have that. You may see heavier packages where you have the backs blocked to help these guys. A good one would be if we start seeing more of C.J. Ham. He is... That's what a fullback does. He blocks for the most part. We'll have a good one. So we'll have to find out. See you, Davey. Um, Vikings win 53 nothing. Yeah, I hope so. Um, <clears throat> Mr. Worthy, worthless Opinion, yes. Ole Udo was a penalty factory in previous years. At a different position. At a different position, and hopefully that's changed. And part of that is he's a tackle. He's built like a tackle. And... Playing tackle and guard are two two different things. Guards, you're engaging close, 
tackle, you want to keep them as far away as possible and push them. And if you're not good at that in the phone book, phone booth style of play that a guard plays, and you get beat, you tend to turn around and grab so that your quarterback doesn't get sacked. That doesn't happen as much on the tackle side because you're outside and you're pushing them outside. So it's it's a little bit different. We'll see tomorrow. This is this, believe it or not, is probably my primary or my top things to see when I watch the game tomorrow is I want to see how Oliudo does. Um it's not going to be a great test, however. They are an NFL team, but Chicago isn't known for their pass rush, and we'll get into that. But first, we are at the end of theme one, and that brings us to badass wood art. Lewis and his skull, scroll saw art, or skull saw art in this case, um, if you want a piece of his you can get it for 20% off with promo code CTPOCKET. And he also did something this week. He posted up some film of himself. He's in his third year running the business, and these are some of his favorites. So it's just not football. You can get just about anything you want. I like to steal your face. Being an old Grateful Dead uh, deadhead myself, that one... Uh, Got me going. And there, of course, was uh, Justin Jefferson. But he does some beautiful work. If you're interested, go to thatsbadasswoodart.com, and you'll find it. Use promo code CTPOCKET, and you get 20% off. He does some great work. Yes, he does. Now on to theme two. And this one... We are going to be looking at Stardom or Sidham. And the way we need to determine that is with the NFC playoff picture. Right now, your Minnesota Vikings have a secure hold of that number three seed. They could possibly win the number two seed, but right now it's a secure hold of the number three. As going into this week, you see the setup there. Darren, should we start players or should we sit them? I don't think we should be starting them, David. Uh, And uh, last week uh, at the start of the game in Lambeau against that team from Wisconsin, the Vikings, within three hours, they went from having uh, a potential shot at the number one seed and they were the number two seed in the NFC. And three hours later, they were eliminated from getting the number one seed and were now the number three seed in the NFC. And, uh, and getting, I don't think getting the number two seed is, is, it's not unimportant in my mind, but at this point it seems very unlikely because the 49ers are, they would like the number two seed as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. They are playing, uh, going to be playing uh, Arizona, who is basically tanking, uh, starting David Blow at quarterback. Wow. Uh, Blow, blow. He blows. (laughs) (laughs) Former Uh, Minnesota uh, Viking. David That's Black. right. Yeah, well, he was on our practice squad, and then Arizona <laughs> snapped him up, put him on the active yep. roster a couple of weeks ago. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing this week, so um, Cliff Kingsbury's on his last legs there. There. Oh, uh, yes. It, it, Question is, does he get fired before he reaches the locker room yeah. at the end of the game? <laughs> Uh, so I, I like. Uh, I was surprised last week that the, the the Raiders gave the 49ers a game, so anything's possible. But I think that the 49ers are going to win that game easily. And if they win, they're the number two seed. And so I think it's very unlikely that with the Vikings st- playing starters, even if they win, that they get the number two seed. And that's why I think that and, – and O'Connell said that he he's plans on playing most of the starters Sunday. For how long, we're not sure. Uh but uh, is it is it worth the risk? I don't think it is. Uh, I think there's a lot of things to consider. Uh, Kirk Cousins had talked about how it was important he felt to get the bad taste out of their mouth from that pasting we got from that team from Wisconsin in Lamblow. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, you know, th- 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 you know that has merit, but 
you know, to me, I think that uh, I'm worried once about uh, it goes back to the offensive line a bit. We're going to have two backups playing uh, and we've got already have the quarterback who's been hit the most or almost the most in the NFL this year, sacked several, you know, numerous times, 46 times. Uh, you know, if he gets hurt in this game against a Bears team that's also tanking, we don't know how many players they're going to play. Justin Fields isn't playing, um, but they're going to have guys in there who are going to be looking to make an impression, uh, making some big hits and uh, laying out some guys. Uh, that could be a way to make an impression. Uh, to try to make the roster for next year or somebody's yeah. roster. I just if if Cousins goes down with a freak injury, uh, playing in a game where we have very little chance of of gaining anything from it, uh, next week's playoff. Then you got Nick Mullins playing. I don't like that too much. Uh, so that's a risk. Uh, I think another issue is uh, what if the what if you go out there, the stars go out there, and they don't play all that well. You have a poor performance in the amount of time that you do play. Then that bad taste in your mouth gets even worse, <laughs> and you have more doubt creeping into you. Going into likely playing the Giants next week in Minnesota, um, so you know I feel that the you know the, the risks don't uh, outweigh the rewards in this one, and I think that here's a chance. Let the pups play a little bit more. Let guys like Jalen Naylor, who got it, got his feet wet last mm-hmm. week in, against Green Bay, and, you know, played pretty decently in garbage time. Same thing for Nick Mullins. Uh, same thing for Brian Asamo. We got on there. Now he might not play Please. tomorrow. He's questionable. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's lots of other guys, younger guys that I think uh, you give them the snaps, see what what they can bring you, and, and then if you need, actually, that I think has an added benefit in that if you need them in the playoff game uh, going forward, they've played a bit more than just sitting on the sidelines and playing special teams. Uh, and uh, and it lets, again, let your vets rest a little bit. Give them that week, extra week to nurse their wounds, be a little bit fresher for next week when the playoff starts. Uh, I just think that uh, those are the things that mean a bit more right now for the Vikings than having the starters play however many quarters and you get a win and you feel better about yourself. Uh, I, I just, that's my view on it. Uh, you, you know, other people would have a different opinion and, and they can make valid reasons for that. But I just don't think the risks uh, are, are the rewards outweigh the risks of doing this, of playing the starters for any significant amount of time tomorrow against the bears. Well, I don't know how you, I don't know how you feel about it, Dave. Um, Kevin O'Connell indicated the starters will play, the ones that are healthy. Yeah. They do want to uh, get that bad taste, quote, out of their mouths. Both Kirk Cousins and Coach said that. If that is the case, I would play them, get a significant lead, and then pull everybody. Mm -hmm. With one exception, that offensive line needs to learn to work together. And they need to do it with the backups, with Ole Udo on the right, Chris Reed in the, at center. They need that time because, as we know, that's what takes the longest. If those guys are going to be the guys we roll with into the playoffs, they need that time. But they can be out there snapping the Nick Mullins, throwing to Jalen Naylor, and everything's cool. Um and that has some uh, providing they, they those guys don't get hurt, but that has some added benefit too, David. In that, uh, when guys like Nick Mullins when they play, or Alexander Madison or Ty Chandler plays, or Jalen Naylor plays, they'll have adequate blocking to help them uh, have, have to be the time f- more effective. Yes, yeah. So they they won't be going out there like they would. Pr- pr- uh, in a in a preseason game where they're playing with a bunch of third stringers on the offensive line, and and it's just mm-hmm. a it's a shit show all the way around. Right. And now, I don't know how Chicago plans on when they start pulling players. They don't have a lot to pull. Um, Yeah. uh, We'll get into it momentarily, but they are out there to lose, and we'll get into (laughs) why. Now, that brings us to the end of Theme 2. We're going to move along pretty quickly today. That brings us to our favorite part of the show, where we talk about Lake Monster Beer. Lake Monster Brewery in St. You're Paul, all out right? of yours, David, I think. Right? Yes, I am. and uh, <laughs> But that's why I'm drinking some Fighting 69th. Here's the probably the can label and what they're showing for what we talked about last week, the Art Shanty Chocolate Order. And what 
why they call it the Art Shanty Chocolate Porter is Art Shanty is a festival all this month, every weekend, where folks set up fancy, highly decorated, highly whimsical uh, ice houses, shanties on the ice around on some of the lakes in the Twin Cities area, and they have a little festival. So mm. that's what that's all about. Now, what's on tap, <clears throat> besides the art shanty, we had uh, one drop off our goblets, but we added Friends of the Boundary Waters Pilot 5.5 IPA. So if you like a traditional IPA, there it is. And some of the money goes up to the Boundary Waters Conservation Association. So it's a great cause. Good beer. Gotta love it. So one thing I wanted to do more of was go to the Boundary Waters when I was stationed up there. There are so many lakes, little lakes, and that you could go fishing, and there are fish that have never seen a lure. There are so many lakes up there. It is unbelievable. But you also have to like mosquitoes because there's tons of those. <laughs> Comes with the territory. Remote, yes, lots of mosquitoes. And now on to theme three, where we are talking about the game in Soldier Field. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Here's your weather. Checked it last night. Temperatures are just above freezing at uh, 33 degrees Fahrenheit with negligible, negligible winds. Folks, we have seen games in Chicago where that wind is cranking 50 miles an hour over the, over the stadium from Lake Michigan and is absolutely miserable. Not tomorrow. It's going to be a balmy 33, 34 degrees. Barely a breeze to move the flags. It's going to be nothing. So it should be a good weather game. It's going to be cloudy most of the game. Flat light for uh, those that are into photography. Um, the biggest deal about playing at Soldier Field is, as Aaron talks <laughs> about it down there, is the turf. They are notorious for having some of the worst grass in the NFL and since the stadium is owned by the city of Chicago and the Bears are getting a brand new stadium, it <laughs> looks like the city, it. they're not investing in it. City, <laughs> city of Chicago isn't taking all that, you know, putting on all that effort to make that grass absolutely wonderful, beautiful, and that field superb. No, they're going to let it go. So it's another possible cleat day. <laughs> when uh, we hit the turf. Now, we'll start off with these horrible numbers, the normal stats of the week. Vikings offense per PFF has a power ranking of 10. They went to drop down two. They were eight last week. Uh, they have the Bears defense at 31. We get into football outsiders. Vikings offense dropped to 20, 17 pass, 28 run after last week's absolutely demolishing by the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. However, their defense is ranked 32nd last in the league, 31st against pass, 30th against the run. When we get to Elias, those box score numbers, the totals. When it comes to Vikings offense, they are 12th in yards. Not bad. Stayed even. That's where they were last week. They are 5th in passing, 27th in rushing, because we are a passing team. We talked about it earlier. 
what happens if we can't get the running game and such that we're going to have to pass more. It looks like we're a passive team, folks. Uh, we're seventh in points, still top 10. That is very good. We've given up 46 sacks, as Darren alluded to. We're 16th in turnovers, giving away 21. When it comes to the Bears' defense, they're 28th in yards, 13th against the pass, 31st against rushing, and 32nd in points. They have they are 30 seconds in sacks. They've only had 20. They are 20th in turnovers with a minus two differential. They have 13. They are 13th with in takeaways, and they have 21. Now flipping the side, Vikings defense. PFFS is 16th and dropping. Last week does that to you. Bears offense at 29th. Not good. Football Outsiders. Overall, Vikings defense, 25th dropping. Pass, 26th, run 16th. April plays. Uh, Bears offense, 27th, 30th pass, and 13th in the run game. A good portion of that, probably over half, is Justin Fields. Hmm. When it comes to Elias Sports, Vikings are 31st in yards. They haven't changed. 31st against pass, 20th uh, rushing, and 31st in points. The Bears' offense is 28th in yards, 32nd passing, number one in rushing because that's their game. And uh, they're 23rd in points. They've given up 57 sacks compared to our 46. They're 28th in, uh, or 26th in turnovers, giving up 23. The Vikings' defense is 16th in sacks, getting 37. We were hoping that'd be 50 by the end of the year. That's not going to happen. We are 13th with a plus two differential. Thank you to last week. And we are 11th with 23 takeaways. Your line is Vikings minus six. It is moved. It started out at Vikings minus one, went all the way up to minus eight, and is back and stayed steady the last couple of days at minus six. The over and under is 42.5. That equates to approximately a 24-17 game-ish, right around in there. Now we're going to get to the Special teams, special teams. Vikings dropped again. They're 31st, and the uh, Bears special teams are 14th. No biggie there. A lot of that helped. Last week did not help whatsoever. Yes, plays. we're going to see a lot more seven-studded cleats this week. All right, we get to the injury reports. Vikings, Garrett Bradbury out with the back. Just like your friend when he asked you to move, help him move. Uh, James Lynch is out as well. They were last week. This week we've added Brian Asamoah. It's questionable. Cameron Dantzler with his fragile ankles is questionable. And Zadarius Smith is questionable with a personal matter. On the Bears side, Justin Fields is out with a hip. Bruise, strain, something or other they're calling it. I think they're just trying to protect him and not allow him to get the rushing record for a quarterback. Uh, quarterback Jalen Jones is out. He's a backup. Defensive tackle Angelo Blackson is their third defensive tackle. He is the first one in the rotation. He is questionable. Quarterback Kyler Gordon, starter, is questionable. and. Terrell Lewis is also questionable. He did not practice on Friday due to a personal matter, just like Cesarius. Now, it brings us to the next slide, and I'm surprised the people haven't told us yet. There's an update at 3 o'clock. Vikings put out. Zadarius will travel on his own team due to his personal issue, whatever that is. Uh, maybe his water heater blew up, and he's getting to take care of it. It could be anything. 
And uh, then after participation all this week, Harrison Smith began to experience some near knee soreness, and he has now been ruled out. This was updated at 3 o'clock Central today. So no hitman. Which means Josh Metellus. Yep, lots of Josh. As we mentioned before, we're going to start this segment off. We're, we expected to see Justin Fields. He is not playing because of a hip bruise or strain or whatever it is. It's supposedly minor. They're holding him out. They're holding him out for a reason. They don't want any chance the Bears can win. Also, uh, they're denying him the rushing record for a quarterback. And that's where you wanted to start, Darren. Well, yeah, I did the with we talked or I talked earlier about how the Bears are tanking. Uh, they, you know, Fields isn't playing. We're uh, it's quite likely that uh, GM Ryan Poles will tell uh, head coach Matt Everflus that uh, he should play lightly or not at all. Some other key guys uh, in the in the Bears' future, which would be guys like cornerback Jalen Johnson, tight end Cole Komet fellas like that um and that they, they're trying to if they lose tomorrow they they at least stay in the running to getting the number one pick and jumping over the houston texans and i think that ryan poles would uh, he'd you know getting the number one pick would be he'd like the options there that way he's got the number one pick or he can trade out in the in the draft class and, and add extra draft capital to kickstart the significant rebuilding program that the bears are going to under, well, undergo this the worst season. thing for polls is if they win. Yes. Because then they can go as high as six. Yeah. Right. If they lose that. and the Texans lose, they stay at number two, right? If the Texans wins, they move to the number one pick either one or two. If you consider that they are going to keep Justin Fields as their starting quarterback, which looks to be the case. They're not in a desperate need for a quarterback. That means teams that are in a desperate need for a quarterback, and you call that half the league, Yeah, he can get an absolute boatload in trading down. And he would like to do that, I think, greatly, as, as long as he feels confident in, in where he moves down. He can still get uh, a pretty good player. And I'm sure he's not going to move down below uh, anywhere below the top ten. Uh, or right, but it, yeah. it picks one or two. That's still yeah. going to you're still going to reap a, mm-hmm. a lot of draft capital that way. So yeah, the, the the Bears have no interest in winning this game. I mean, the players that are going to be playing are going to be interested in doing that. But mm-hmm. but how good are the players they're going to be putting in the game uh, is another question. Uh, and so. Uh, this is going to have a preseason feel to it, I think, at least uh, in, in a bit. Uh, even though Kevin O'Connell is, says he's going to play a lot of the starters, how long that lasts, we don't know. Um, we already talked about the risks that I feel that even that uh, has for the Vikings and, and going into the playoffs. But if that's what he's going to do, that's what he's going to do. Uh, the only question is, how long are they going to play? And I have a couple of thoughts on this game, which is hard to really preview, David, because the Bears don't care if they win. They don't give a shit. And no, they, in the, they're probably preferring to lose, or at least yeah. the management is. Players so are going to want to make an impact. Uh, yeah, matchups and, and all that sort of stuff doesn't, you know, it, I don't think there's not a whole lot of point in going into them. But but a couple of things to think about is that, uh, that I've thought about is that, okay, Kevin O'Connell is going to play some of the starters. So, you know, if he's going to play them and against potentially a Bears offense and defense that uh, aren't going to have, isn't going to have, wouldn't have a whole lot of talent anyway, it might even have less uh, because of the guys that they're sitting. Well, uh, you better kick ass while you're in there. And and offensively, what I'd like to see is, uh, you know, it'd be great if they had, the offense has the start like they had in the first Bears game. Your first three, <laughs> your first two or three, your first three drives were touchdowns. Okay, so you do that, or maybe their first two drives are touchdowns. So you're up 14 to nothing, or maybe 17 to nothing. Hey, you know, you've done great. You've moved the ball. You feel good about yourself. You're up 17, nothing, or 17 to three. Pull them. You know, job job accomplished. Get the pups in there after that and see how it all shakes out. Same thing for the defense in that first Bears game. The first three offensive drives for the Bears, they got a field goal and then they had uh, a three and out and a six and out. Uh, if the de- if the Vikings defense can do that uh, in the first three drives, hey, again, the mission accomplished. Get the any you know Daniel Hunter, Kendricks, whoever those guys that are. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. These are guys. Thielen, the old guys. Smith, Kendricks. And we lost the audio sure. now. There's coming back. His internet. Could be sunspots. Right, Christopher Gates? Um, but get the old guys out. Now what I'd like to see is in that first half, throw the shit out of the ball, get Justin Jefferson 200 yards, and just absolutely blow things away. That would be sweet. Um, uh, but we'll see if that actually does happen or not. Uh, don't count on it, folks, because most likely it won't. Darren's trying to come back in. I am back. Oh, you are back. I couldn't yeah. tell. No, that's right, because my screen's blank. But, but yeah, uh, that that would be that would be the best case scenario for the Vikings in playing the starters. Two or three drives, offense scores a lot of points. Defense prevents a lot of points from being scored. A great, uh, and the Vikings are facing Nathan Peterman, who's probably the worst backup in the NFL. If they even if if they can't hold him down, uh, then you start to really get worried. But I don't think we'll see that. I think Peterman will be uh, pretty ineffective. I've got some uh, Peterman trivia for you. How many touchdown passes does he have in the NFL? Three. How many interceptions does he have in the NFL? Thirteen. Bingo. You got it. You win the extra whiskey for tonight. (laughs) Uh, So uh, Peterman is, uh, you're not going to be able to take too much stock on it if you're the Vikings coaches, (sighs) defensive coaches or the defensive players. But uh, you should feel pretty good after you face Peterman in this game if you're the Vikings starters. If you don't shut him down, then you got real, real, real problems next, even next week if you play the Giants. Um, So, you know, that's it uh, for getting the starters have a couple of good drives get them out of there we're up 14 nothing 17 nothing and then let's see how it goes uh when the young guys or the more inexperienced players do get in the game dave uh, what i'd like to see is that if if uh i was thinking about the vikings 2021 and 2022 draft classes Mm -hmm. and really out of those 22 20 player 21 players that we picked you know there's christian darisaw who's made an impact and really the rest of the guys have not done very much. Uh, still early days for those two draft classes, but uh, we're not getting a lot out of them right now. And so when these young guys go in in tomorrow's game, uh, I just want to see that uh, somebody other than Darisaw, like which guys show up and make an impact and, and make some plays like Jalen Naylor did last week in garbage time. Like, show me that the Vikings are going to have to get rid of some guys, like mm-hmm. uh, some guys like Kendricks, Thielen, uh, uh, Hitman. They're not going to they're not going to be around forever. Maybe as soon as 2023, the 2021 and 2022 Viking draft classes are the future of this team. They are the guys that are going to. Some of those players are going to have to step in and replace Adam Thielen and Hitman Smith and Eric Kendricks. And so tomorrow's game. I'd like to see who some of those guys might be because right now I, you know, I'm not feeling good about it. I don't know who they would be, but it, again, it'd be great. I don't, I wonder if Brian Asimov would play, but it'd be great to see him play a lot, like a 40, 50 defensive snaps and, you know, see what he can do in an extended amount of time in a real NFL game. Uh, it was mentioned about Kenny Wangwu back there. It'd be good to see him in there for a bit. Ty Chandler as well. We saw what they could mm-hmm. do in preseason, but we haven't seen them since really other than uh, Wang Chung returning kickoffs. But let's see them in a game rushing. Are they somebody who could be a viable number two or number one running back in the NFL? Something that we're going to need next year. Number two running back for sure. We're going to need, and we might even need a number one next year or definitely in 2024 because I don't think Dalvin Cook will be with us by 2024 either. So a lot of these young guys uh, getting in there, I want to, they're going to get an opportunity, hopefully get an opportunity tomorrow. And I'd, I'd like to see two or three of them where I can say, Hey, so-and-so like Patrick Jones, the third, you know, he had two sacks. He looked good yesterday. You know, he, I think that he could be a major contributor to the Vikings in 2023 uh, or somebody like Kenny Wangwu or Ty Chandler or Jalen Naylor. Just somebody, because right now it's Kristen Darrisaw and not a whole lot else from those two guys. Well, and classes. we hope Asamoah steps up, Ingram continues to yeah. improve, you know, that this stuff sort of builds on each other because we went into the season and they talked about competitive rebuild. Well, we've yep. been competitive. Vikings yes. most likely will come out tomorrow with a final season tally of 13-4. and four. 
13 wins is quite competitive. Uh, by <laughs> traditional metrics, a 13-win team is a Super Bowl contender. We don't know that the Vikings are Super Bowl contenders. That would take a whole lot of luck in uh, magic pixie dust to make it happen. But stranger things have happened in the NFL. So it is possible. They can put everything together. They can make that complete game. You can have guys stepping up that are backups that you didn't expect, and things can get good. But we are getting to the point if, you know, most likely we end up 13 and 4 for the season. Next year, you're not going to be able to tear it all down. Yes, you're going to be able to start picking fruit from the old tree and we're starting to replace it, but you can't tear it all down like Poles is doing in Chicago. You've got to be stay competitive and do it itty bitty bits at a time. And it's going to be interesting to see how crazy with the Wilfs giving him that constraint and Kevin O'Connell and the coaches and Quazy's scouting staff all come together to put that together. And you've got young guys tomorrow, hopefully, that will have the opportunity to impress to make the case for themselves to stay. The, the wild card game will be for the old guys. Let them make their case to stay then. But right now, Indeed. the younger, younger ones should be able to do that tomorrow. And tomorrow, you mentioned early, Dave, is tomorrow is uh, particularly on the offensive line with the, with Ali Udo and whether it's Chris Reed or Greg Mance playing, and Mance will probably play some even if he doesn't start. Oh, well, right. you, you did mention also that it sounds like Reed is going to start. But again, that whole thing, it's going to be important to see how that offensive line with two new starters gels, how they function. Does Chris Reed, has he got the snap cadences down, uh, you know, so that we don't have the delay of game penalties and the snap uh, uh, cadence mm -hmm. snafus that we had against Green Bay? I don't expect it to be as much of an issue tomorrow as it was when he gets thrown into the fire like he did in Lambeau. But uh, you know, that offensive line, it's going to have to function with what they have. And uh, and so uh, tomorrow was an opportunity, four quarters of opportunity for those five guys or six or seven or how many they play to, you know, to gel a little bit and get a little bit of continuity before they get they play next week in a playoff game with a, re a lot, a lot on the line. And yes, the lines are getting better and they've got draft capital in the next draft mm -hmm. to get even improve even more. Uh, and uh, they could be a uh, you know, significant problem to the Vikings and every other NFC North team uh, in 2023 and 2024, depending on how things shake out. Yep. Could be. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it always be is. getting better. Hopefully uh, that team from Wisconsin gets worse. And we'll see. And eventually and Chicago should. Now whether they're going to put up with this long rebuild if the people in Chicago have the patience for that, we don't know. They probably will because they know they have the new stadium eventually on its way. So we'll see. But it's the NFL, Dave, and and uh, the it's the NFL, Dave, and like uh, rebuilds sometimes happen happen a lot quicker than they do in like the NHL, Major League mm -hmm. Baseball, the NBA. Like in two years or even next year, if if Justin Fields goes bonkers, they could be uh, making like really. Noise. They, they could be making noise with with the salary cap that they have and the free agents yeah. they could potentially bring in, some good draft picks, and Justin Fields going uh, completely nuts and really being the quarter, franchise quarterback they expect, then they could be take a significant jump from 3-13 and 13 to going being a you know an over 500 team uh, in one season. We've seen mm -hmm. it happen before in the NFL. Actually, we've seen it happen quite a few times. Right, and they've got tons of money to spend next year. Then going, I want this wide receiver, and I want that wide receiver, and I want this defensive linebacker, and I, you know, yes, they can do that. They they literally have that much money. I think they lead the league in cap space. If not, they're close to it. They're like second or third. Um, they've got a ton of it. So unlike the Vikings, which are already over the cap, and they'll have to rework stuff to get everything under and get some available funds. But which we all know Brez and he what how. They 
Yeah. And they've been playing that shell game for about five or six seasons now. Mm-hmm. The Vikings uh, never have a lot of cap speed. But as far as tomorrow's predictions, I, I kind of I feel like the, the Vikings are going to win. Uh, maybe not as comfortably as some people would expect or like that are the Vikings fans, because I don't know who we're going to be playing in the second half uh, and how they're going to how they're going to perform. But I'm thinking something along the lines of 24, 16, something like that. Could be. I'd like to see a score over 30 points again. I do believe the Vikings are going to win no matter what. Um, I'd just like to see a dominated game. So. Yes, we all would. because we And then pull them really out and let the those. young guys dominate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That would be definitely the dream scenario for tomorrow's game. And no injuries. As you say, the Soldier Field turf is always iffy. Um, so... Uh, and that's something you can't really control. Uh, you just got to play on the surface that you've got. But uh, yeah, hopefully the, the boys got the right cleats on tomorrow and uh, they're ready to go. Uh, speaking of Soldier Field and Vikings, one of the Vikings alum, uh, Ring of Honor, Mr. Jared Allen, has made the finalist list to the Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. He also ended his career with Chicago Bears, but he wants to go in as a Viking. Of course, that's the way he should, and uh, we want to give him congratulations, and hopefully the selection committee pulls their heads out of their asses and makes the right choice, and that he will be inducted into Canton in the fall. Any last words there, buddy? Well, I see Nicholas said that he won't be watching the game because he's working on his son's wooden playground. But hey. uh, Nick, you should be doing that today. <laughs> you probably are, actually. Uh, I'm Your not son's going to love yet. it, buddy. I know yeah, my kids no. love theirs. And if there's a game, the, the maybe uh, skip uh, tomorrow is probably isn't a bad one to, to do it, considering what's on the line for both teams. But yeah, uh, no, that's that's about it, David. I, tomorrow it's all like, Get a win, make it as pain-free as possible, and please don't let any other significant Viking player get hurt uh, long-term tomorrow, please. too. Yep. What do we say? We say, Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings! Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell, and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best... Vikings content can be found and to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.